I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in, meaning I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. Not surprisingly, we'd have to go back, not quite, but almost to the birth of nature herself to find the quote that most exemplifies today's podcast topic, courtesy of Aristotle. It's simple, succinct, and sums up nature beautifully in just four words, and they are, nature abhors a vacuum. Meaning that all the other species on the planet, when seeing an open spot where they might insert themselves in balance and partnership with all the other beings on Earth, they'll take it. Because they know that to a certain extent, it's best to use the available resources as a way to thrive alongside other beings and at the same time continue a consistent partnership that contributes to the abundant recycling abilities of nature herself. In a way that is receiving of a space that humans may say is empty, to which nature immediately responds, nope, (laughs) and giving back in ways that humans can only think of replicating in a non-organic way, because at best, we're merely copying other species and not contributing directly ourselves. And think of that for just a moment. What if? What if is actually one of my favorite questions to ask myself and others. What if humans chose to partner with nature instead of pillaging the earth for whatever resources it is that we think we need or ever did need? What if Humans chose to listen deeply to the wisdom of the planet for how we can both serve as guardian for others as well as uniquely contribute in ways that no other species can. What if, in our continual thinking of how we can give to the abundant cycle of nature, we also might be perfectly suited to receive in ways that, quite frankly, might stun all of us And yet we might grow to say, well, of course, this is the way our relationship, keyword, with earth and nature is structured. So shifts in how we arrive at new places in this relationship are to be expected. What if you try what if on for size sometime? You might be surprised at what direction you'll go when you apply that to any situation. In nature's way of abhorring a vacuum, what do we mean by that? It means nature doesn't like a place that's devoid of matter, by strict definition in our way of spelling and Merriam-Webster. Likely, other dictionaries would chime in with the same. The key word, of course, is matter. 
because then we reach the place of another phenomenally deep thinker and positive genius by the name of Albert Einstein and his formula of E equals MC squared, more popularly known as the theory of mass energy equivalence. Quoting from the link that will be in the podcast notes, the E in the formula stands for energy, measured in units called ergs. The M represents mass in grams. The C is the speed of light measured in centimeters per second. When the speed of light is multiplied by itself, squared, then multiplied by the mass, the result is a very large number. It shows that the energy stored in an even small amount of mass is enormous. And so, moving just a titch to the side is the difference between mass and matter. And I, and I don't want to get too geeked out here <laughs> because the only part of the equation that matters, pun intended, to animals is E, the energy part. Quoting from another article, Matter is anything that occupies space and has mass, while mass is something that represents the amount of matter in a particular space, particle, or object. Therefore, the key difference between mass and matter is that mass is a measurable quantity, while the matter is not. Furthermore, matter is a poorly defined concept, while mass is a scientifically well-developed concept. And it's this last part that I find really interesting. That mass and matter are definitely interrelated, yet mass is the concept most accepted as being scientifically sound by that same community, science. Because Matter is what matters, frankly, to nature. It seems that the mass part is immaterial to the matter part because nature doesn't know science like humans know science. She and all other earthlings know that while they're here, it's what's here, the substance of the person, place, or being that counts. And in the case of the pandemic, what wasn't present that counts Meaning, it was during the pandemic that nature noticed humans weren't out and about as much or at all. There was a shift in the energy of the matter that was moving on the face of the planet in a very significant way. Because there were so many beings that weren't present as they used to be on streets, in parks, in the front of and behind and going into and out of buildings and parking lots and arenas and shops, and well, everywhere. So nature being nature recognized that shift and began to insert matter into places where humans once were. You may well remember the goats and whales that, having not had their regular contraception injections due to the pandemic, grew beyond their, air quotes, normal numbers as defined by humans, you see, and then subsequently took up residence in the town and weren't amenable to leaving. Sure, they were used to coming into the town square every spring in search of food, and well, because the vacuum existed, their numbers increased to where humans couldn't take care of them properly. 
I was aware, and you may have been aware as well, of other new species suddenly being discovered in the way that humans do. We say, hey, until we know it exists, it doesn't really exist. And because of the shift of the energy of matter, the balance of predator and prey shifted so that numbers of all species shifted as well, leaving more unknown species to become seen by us. Remember, nature abhors a vacuum. What if that extended to human knowledge of all species on this planet? What if, with our species being so affected by the pandemic, no coincidence at all, I perceive, other species were able to come forward to fill our previously held spaces of energy with their matter? Remember, there is no separation on this planet as much as we perceive that there is in our human-centric way. Because we also had more time to notice more about the planet, mostly because we were forced to stop doing and to start being. What if nature noticed that as well and created the shift that supported our illumination of how much our doing affects the rest of the planet? The new word that I mentioned a few weeks ago, anthropause, was coined to take the place, I guess, of vacuum. By definition, it is, according to Wikipedia, referring to a global reduction in modern human activity, especially travel, that was coined by a team of researchers in June of 2020 in an article discussing the possible impact of the COVID-19 lockdown on wildlife. Anthro meaning human or man by definition and by spelling. The title of the article that was the catalyst for this podcast was, quote, Did Nature Heal During the Pandemic Anthropause? Which is, in my perception, an anthropomorphic take on anthropause itself. <laughs> because we happened to notice that the water became more clear, as did the air, that our lack of movement out and about reduced the amount of noise pollution that affects some species, and that wildlife collisions by car decreased, we took credit for it. And perhaps we could even extend that to we fixed it, simply by the title of the article, Did Nature Heal? Because as nature abhors a vacuum, that doesn't mean that this pause helped all the species equally. Quoting from the article that is in the podcast notes, On an island off the coast of Sweden, because the tourist travel was non-existent, the white-tailed eagles in that area moved in, becoming much more abundant. So, because the eagles were abundant, they were nesting in the same area as the common murres, M-U-R-R-E-S, and due to their size, flushed the smaller birds from their nests. So because they were flushed from their nests, the eggs of the smaller birds also fell from the nests and then were snatched up by other predators because the nests were abandoned. The smaller birds' breeding performance then dropped by 26%. Other invasive species moved into this vacuum, which then upset other ecosystems, as did the white-tailed eagles when their numbers of predators began to outweigh the available prey in a given area. Even some species that we may view as innocent, your average cottontail rabbit, for instance, is actually a threat to native hares. 
There are giant mice on Goth Island that prey on the chicks of threatened seabirds in the South Atlantic Ocean, for which an eradication reset project was scheduled to begin when the pandemic hit. Because these mice were not then drastically reduced in numbers, not one McGillivray's prion chick survived. So the animals would say, before you all go slapping yourselves on your backs and saying, well, hey now, a good came out of such a tragedy for us because we helped nature by our lack of activity, that we're missing the point entirely. Because it's the balance and partnership of all species, the unity that exists along a continuum rather than a blip in the history of humankind, that matters. Nothing was healed because nothing has changed all that much since the pandemic began to wind down, if it really is at all winding down. They have their doubts about that, as do I. It's the notice served up by nature that, yes, all species matter, including humans, and the effect on one of us matters to all of the rest of us. Because without them, we don't survive. Without us, well, I think the jury's still out because clearly nature herself and those who understand the cycle of nature will seem to go on doing just fine. Sure, there may be species like the chick on Goth Island who will face extinction, yet in every single one of these cases of invasive species, humans are at the bottom of them. If we hadn't upset the balance like we did in so very many cases around the world, the what if would be very different for all of us. And without us in our current unaware state, Earth likely will be just fine and will continue that way. The thing is, we have a choice right now in energy to take notice of how we affected other species and to plan on that and to build on that so that it doesn't take a pandemic to make us sit up and take notice that, in fact, we are one. At least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service and to schedule online via www.lizanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. Coming up in another two weeks... We will be having a message from animals, and actually, I haven't, and more accurately, they haven't yet decided whether it's going to be a particular breed of a particular species that's going to be the ambassador spokesperson for them, but suffice it to say, this message will be about using animals as models for our experiments. Tune in for what likely is going to be a profoundly powerful message from the animals. 
This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.